Are you planning a trip to Bethlehem? Stop by Ananias's Inn. We may not be huge. We're not one of the big corporate chains, but we promise there's a room for everybody at this inn. Mention Tis the Podcast and save 15% off of your three-night stay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive with movies I don't want to see, like this one this week. Okay. How was y'all's week? (laughs) I don't know what to say after that. Uh, I'll say I'm Anthony, and that's Tom. (laughs) I'm just over it. I'm over it. I'm Julia. (laughs) You are angry, Julia, which is something we never see. It's the good and the bad, right? We are dedicated to Christmas Spirit Alive. Facts of life. (laughs) I feel like you've done that before. We've totally done that before. Yeah. And you said, I don't get that reference. And we said, you've never seen the facts of life. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't think that I've yeah. actually, ever actually seen it. Oh, yeah, fun. I think I've seen like an episode, maybe. That's with all the girls living in the house with the older woman. With right? Mrs. Garrett, yep. Okay, yeah, I've never seen a whole episode. But one of them's name was Joe, right? Yeah, she was a tomboy. Okay, that's probably why I remember her. That was also me. Family guy um, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it does. The facts of life. Family Guy uh-huh. references the facts of life. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. The I only thing that. I know from Family Guy is, is holy crap, he's a crapple. That's all I know. <laughs> Family Guy. That's it. They have great, it has great holiday or Christmas episodes. Well, so okay. So let me just break the ice here. We are talking about a movie tonight that I didn't want to see in the first place. Not terribly excited after watching it, but I am interested to talk about it because it's a genre we haven't really covered a whole lot yet, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a religiously themed Christmas movie is what I'm going to kind of go with with the title because I can go in a few different directions. Um, It's 2017's The Star. Anthony, do you want to give us a plot synopsis for those that have not seen it? A small but brave donkey named Bo yearns for a life beyond his daily grind at the village mill. One day he finds the courage to break free and finally goes on the adventure of his dreams. On his journey, he teams up with Ruth, a lovable sheep who has lost her flock, and Dave, a dove with lofty aspirations. Along with three wisecracking camels and some eccentric stable animals, Bo and his, friend, Bo and his new friends follow the star and become accidental heroes in the greatest story ever told, The First Christmas. So... I know this just behind the scenes that none of us had seen this movie coming into it, right? I had seen the trailers and I was impressed by the voice cast 
And then I saw a Sony animation. I was like, oh, oh boy. Because I don't think they've made a movie that I am a fan of. Well, they've but, only made two movies, right? Did, don't they do a Sony lot of the, animation studios? Don't they do a lot of the live action slash animated crossover stuff? Like, aren't they the ones to do the chipmunks and stuff like that? Chipmunks, the Smurfs, Arthur Christmas. Open oh. well, yeah, oh. so I was thinking purely animated. I think this is only their second purely well, they animated. Did, they did open season one and two, cloudy with and three, cloudy with a chance of meatballs oh. and surfs up. Okay. And open season is one of those that was a funny concept for the first one, and they beat a dead bear. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I thought cloudy with a chance of meatballs as a cute concept. I did too when it was an original book years ago. <laughs> so (laughs) tom then what tell us your history with this movie i ain't got one i'm out (laughs) anthony is your history just the trailer and watching it for the first time today and i don't think it was a movie that was meant for me i didn't uh I don't know. Maybe I went with such low expectations. I was like, wow, okay. I didn't like it, but I was like, that wasn't like as awful as I thought it would be. Uh, yeah. I was the I exact opposite. I was, I was hoping for better. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, so can I just say right off the bat, did any of you guys read the reviews for this film? Nope. No. So I went around Tomatoes and skimmed through the reviews, and I found it interesting because it was... Because I'm not sure I'd be on the same page with a lot of them. So it got like bad reviews. It's certified rotten. But the reviews that were good came from the religious publications and outlets and everything like that. And it's all the mainstream ones that um, attacked, attacked it for being too preachy, which was interesting to me because I didn't... Uh, Find it preachy? The Christian publications attacked it for being too preachy? No, no, no. They were the oh, ones okay. who gave it good reviews. And then it was ones like Variety and all the mainstream non-Christian publications that said it was very preachy. And, yeah. I mean, given it's about the birth of a Christ child, I would imagine there's a line there about you're going to have to expect it to be a little preachy. But did you I guys find it like overly preachy? preachy? I didn't. No, and I didn't either, but I, I don't know. Maybe I equate preachy too. So that, that brings, that brings, it, that brings me to like, so you guys are obviously very religious, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, religi- well. I'm religious. I, th- I feel like how people view this film is probably based on how their religious level, like how everyone has different Santa sensibilities. Like there are obviously people who are very religious you know, church going, like, you know, average religious, religious in name only, and then not religious at all. And I feel mm-hmm. like where you fall on that spectrum is probably correlates to whether or not you find this film very good, bad, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, but oh, yeah. If I watch yeah, I a movie, it. if I watch a movie that has, well, for example, I mean, uh, I read a lot of fantasy. And mm-hmm. one of the fantasy series I'm really obsessed with right now is written by... Uh, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There are obvious elements that he's pulling from in his 
from his his theological worldview that are getting implemented into this fantasy world he's creating. But I wouldn't say it's preachy. No, neither would I say just because they quote the Bible it's preachy at all. There's, yeah, I, I I'm trying to look at it objectively and think of how I as an outsider would view this movie, and I I don't think preachy would be a term I would use. I think it sounds like a, a it's it as much as I don't like the movie. That's one area where I say it gets a bad rap. It's not Kirk Cameron Saved Christmas. No, no, and I I agree with that. I would I actually think it probably plays better with people who are like what I call CEOs, like Christmas, Easter, churchgoers only, who might want to introduce their kids to, young kids to the nativity story, young without getting, you know, too detailed into it when they're very young. And I I find that's probably the audience that this movie was made for. Uh, That seems very accurate. I will not be letting my daughter watch this to give her a basis of uh, understanding of the Christmas story. But I feel like we're very religious. Well, you got you are definitely very religious, and I know Julie is probably more religious to me, and I'm more religious than a lot of people I know because I wouldn't. But yeah, for CEOs though. Yeah, yeah. for CEOs, I definitely think yeah. it's probably for them. By the way, I've never heard that term before, CEO. <laughs> so only. Very, I've never heard that before. That's very funny. As far as my history, it's the exact same as y'all's. Uh, I saw the trailer. I thought it looked absolutely terrible. Um, was surprised at the voice cast and then had to watch it and eh, which we'll get into a little bit later some of my conflicting thoughts on this movie honestly but overall I'm just going to start off by saying now that this is probably a biased watching for me because I am incredibly harsh on movies that have to do with anything biblically based that's my fault on this one. So I might be a little harsher than I should be. Um, but into the credits of this movie. So it's directed by Timothy Reckhart. Um, not much going on there as far as previous history. He did some um, animation and some shorts. Um, it was written by Carlos Kotkin, who also wrote Rio 2 and Open Season Scared Silly. It's an open season <laughs> reference from earlier. Rio 2 did not like it. Um, I liked Rio 1. I thought it was pretty entertaining. I like music and all of that. Rio 2, not a fan. Even though a little baby is kind of cute. The story was by Simon Moore. Same thing. Not much to say as far as his past. Um, Music in this, the orchestral anyway, is John Pisano, who also did Maze Runner, a whole lot of video games credits, and then Almost Christmas. Of course, talking about Christmas movies he's done. Um, we don't have almost Christmas on our schedule now, but I think it's definitely worth adding. It's a fairly recent Christmas movie, so we need to look at somewhere to put that. Um, the music's kind of not memorable to me, like that music, because I feel like it was overshadowed pretty heavily <laughs> by the soundtrack. I actually liked most of the soundtrack. <laughs> I, um, well, I won't even say most. I was looking through the soundtrack before we came on. I'd say about mm, maybe a quarter, right. half. So it's a lot of religious-leaning Christmas songs. So like Mary Did You Know, Oh Holy Night, which is my favorite, which I got to say, Oh Holy Night is sung by Yolanda Adams in this movie, who is a very well-known gospel Christian singer. And I quite like this version of Oh Holy Night, but I think she's kind of a rock star when it comes to gospel. Um, Also, did y'all notice the opening song in the movie? was possibly my favorite song in this whole movie. Carol of the Bells? 
Yes. Yeah, mine too. I, I really like that it. cover. Yeah. I did it as well. It is a beautiful rendition of it. They're so talented. Tom, can we yeah. add it to our playlist? We can. Oh, yeah. That needs to go on there. A, a lot of the others were just, I don't know. I, so <laughs> I think for I me, it was whole, just. Oh, I read a whole article bemoaning my distaste for Mary, did you know? Not a fan. I don't know. I think I was overly generous with the soundtrack because it's February. Christmas has officially ended. Um, the film itself wasn't great. And yeah, here are these well-known Christmas songs throughout this movie. So they were kind of like the high points for me because I was like, there's songs I know. There are songs I had better covers of on, you know, playlists or whatever. So it was like. That's okay. it though. Yeah. Better covers of. Yep. I think that was my biggest problem because I mean, a lot of these songs I grew up with growing up in the church, especially, you know, the Methodist church in Houston, Texas. I mean, it was the craze of the nineties pop Christian music, right? It was <laughs> big deal, at least where I grew up. And so a lot of the songs I didn't mind. I didn't like the versions of them right. at all. Yeah. I, did. <laughs> I have to say that the, the God rest you married gentleman they had in here was beautiful. Oh, I don't even think I heard that one. It was very <laughs> consciously. I'm not, I, I remember that as part of like the score. I don't remember them singing it. Hmm. I think it, it was, was overshadowed part. by that Life is Good song that was just terrible. That was or, just terrible. Or Mariah Carey's A Star. Oh, gosh. Which was nominated for an Oscar for yeah. Best Song in a Motion Picture. Thank God that didn't win. <laughs> um, Kirk Franklin did a little We Three Kings. Man, I was, I was a Kirk Franklin fan in the '90s. Man, that's about as not white music as I got. And I <laughs> this one was just not. <sighs> I, I grew up at a church that was uh, uh, in the Assemblies of God and Foursquare Gospel Church, and they were very musically inclined. And I was the the, the leader of our youth group, and I was the one who was way too cool for Christian music. It was just not, you know. <laughs> I couldn't even <laughs> way too emo for, for contemporary Christian back in the day or pop Christian back in the day. <laughs> so, so I sort of, I don't know if y'all have even heard or read the article that Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins did about Christian music and why Christian, Christian music is terrible essentially. And it's not, he's like, it's not the message behind it. It's nothing like that that makes Christian music awful. It's that it's literally awful music. It's <laughs> not inventive. It's not new. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't matter what your message is if you can't get past the fact that the music itself is terrible. And he's so right about that, which is why I've, after my heyday of 1990s contemporary Christian, right, CCM music, I even had a, I had the magazine subscription to CCM. I was a big Stephen Kirsch. Did it come with the CDs? Oh yeah. The little mixers. Mm -hmm. I had every wow CD. I mean, oh man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so after my heyday and that is when I started gravitating towards, is this music actually good regardless of the message? Right? So this is my pitfall with this movie as well. And it goes really well into the voice cast. So this voice cast is impressive. There's a ton of really great actors. We've got Stephen, how do you say his last name? Stephen Yun. 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 Glenn. 
Glenn, Glenn another Walking exactly. Dead reference. Walking yeah. Dead. Glenn, I love Glenn. Keegan Michael Key is one of the funnier characters in the movie. Um, Ad Bryant is a great Saturday Night Live cast member. Gina Rodriguez from um, Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. Who's the Virgin Mary? Um, Zachary. Yeah, exactly. She's the Virgin Mary in this one. Zachary Levi. Love Zachary Levi. Christopher Plummer, Ving Rames. I mean, Kelly Clarkson, Patricia Heaton, Chris Christofferson, Kristen Chenoweth, Oprah for crying out loud. Mariah Carey is a voice. Tyler Perry, Tracy Morgan. But guys, Joel Osteen is a voice in this movie. Did you know that? I did. Not until I saw the cast list. I always, when I'm doing animated films, I always look at the cast inevitably while we're watching it because I... I <laughs> It's more fun, it's more enjoyable for me. Um, and I was looking at the cast just as Anthony Anderson came on. I was like, I haven't seen him yet because um, I'm a big fan of Blackish. And <laughs> when I heard his voice, yeah. like literally a few seconds after I looked him up, it made my day. But yeah, when I saw Joel oh, Osteen, yeah. I, I <laughs> it was a big eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way to phrase it. <laughs> So it's an incredible, it's an incredible voice cast. I quite like all of these people. So, so this whole, so this whole genre of like telling the nativity from the animals point of view is nothing new, right? There are at least three other Christmas specials that have done this or, you know, Disney did one with uh, back in the seventies called the small one again, from a donkey's point of view, which Jen and, Jen Barr and her husband, Sean, recommended to us a while back on this show. Uh, Ranking Bass did one, uh, tangentially, Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey, Christmas Donkey. And there's another one, I think, from the 70s called The Night the Animals Talked. So this is like, doing it from the animal's point of view is nothing new. And I'm sure there are probably children's books out there that do the same thing. Uh, I don't know, though. Like, none of those movies were perfect by any means, but I felt like mm, they might have dealt with it with a little more gravitas than this film did, which I prefer in my nativity or religious movies in general, right? I felt, I don't know, I felt like it was a little bit, um, what's what I'm looking for? I don't know. Everything about it was just derivative. It really was. Bo himself just seemed very Shrekish to me. Donkey. Just silly, goofy donkey. I don't know. I Maybe found I'm... him more endearing than Donkey from Shrek. I didn't find him as grating. Like the yeah. voice. I thought yeah. I just looked a little cuter. Like I like the design of the animals. Sony did a really good job with the animation, I will say. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was still off for me, but I think I compare everything to Disney, and that's a mistake. Yeah, no one ever, no one can compete with the House of Mouse animation. Right. Yeah. Well, and I don't like that plasticky animation, and I find that in all of these types of movies, and even Arthur Christmas to a certain degree, where like they shine a bit, like the humans, not the animals, but like the human skin. I don't like it in these movies. I don't like the animation. It makes me feel cold. And it's okay for some reason in Veggie Tales. Like it's almost that grade of animation for me in this movie. And where it's okay with Veggie Tales, it's not okay with me in this movie. And I don't veggies care. Are shiny. It makes me a little uneasy. Exactly. And skin shouldn't be shiny. <laughs> oh. Human skin should not look like a cucumber. 
<laughs> so were there any aspects of this film that you guys liked in general? Like, was it a character, a scene, a message in general? Like, what did you guys like about this film? I know we all have massive problems with it. Well, so here's part of the confusion for me. I didn't like this movie and I kind of kept hoping it would just hurry up and end. But at the same time, when Christ was born, I got all teary because the underlying story of it, I don't care how terrible the movie is. It always makes me emotional when stuff like this happens, particularly in movies like this. Like there are Santa moments that will inevitably always make me teary as well. But when it comes to the nativity story, I don't care how crappy the movie is. It always brings emotion out. So it was very confusing for me personally to have these feels while I'm like, I really don't like this movie, but I'm getting the feels because the baby and Mary and Joseph. And so I can definitely say I liked that part, but I don't think that has anything to do with the movie. (laughs) This broke so far from Christian tradition that I couldn't even get that. Um, Yeah. Where he was born, the traditional accepted, you know, the, the early church ideas of how old Mary was, what early, you know, first and second century doctrine, what early Christian doctrine tells us about the age of Joseph and his history and background, everything was just so far removed from this that I couldn't get into it. Yeah, her springing the pregnancy on him after they've already, after they've already married. Yeah. That really bothered me. In the early church, they were never married. That's why it's called St. Joseph the Betrothed in Orthodox, Catholic, and Anglican tradition. All in, I mean, the, the Coptic Church teaches the same thing. The uh, the uh, Malankara Church, the Syriac Church, all of the all of the ancient churches, the Ethiopians, all of them teach the same thing. They were never married. It felt sneaky in this movie, and I don't like the idea of Mary trying to pass one over on Joseph like that. Mm-mm. I like Mary's you? character overall, though, just the way she was with Bo. Just that compassion she showed to the animals. Like, I had more of a problem with Joseph's character than Mary's. Just he was kind of um, a bit mean, to phrase it nicely. He was pretty rough. Yeah. He was fun writer. I mean, every time he opened his mouth, all I could hear was fun writer <laughs> because yeah. forever and ever, Zachary Levi is fun writer. But yeah, he was. <laughs> A little rough around the edges. I thought that too. And in general, I like this whole idea of uh, Bo and what are the animals' names? Ruth and Dave forming their own kind of flock and uh, forming their flock and own kind of family along the way. And the little family they have at the end of the film. I like that whole idea of, you know, sticking to your flock and the family and everything like that. I really wanted to like them all more. I feel like we should have liked them more. You know what right. I mean? And I don't think that's just us for our religious sensibilities either because it got bad reviews in general from the regular audience. Although it has an A cinema score, surprisingly. It, the, uh, the characters weren't well developed. I mean, they just Yeah, I wrote very- bad acting. <laughs> like, can you have bad acting in an animated movie? No, they, yeah. were pl- they were playing themselves. I totally agree with you. Like, the... <laughs> They weren't disguising their voices. It was them doing impressions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I felt, at least. For the animals, definitely. Patricia Heaton's the exception. She did, she did yeah. create another voice. And she did a really Super great job. Frankie, Patricia Heaton. <laughs> I love Patricia Heaton. Great job. I do, too. Um, but 
some of the I wonder like Chris Christopherson was just a weird cast, but he pulled yeah. it off. I mean, I liked him as the old donkey. He just had that gruff, <laughs> go with the flow voice that worked really well. Um, but you know, when we got to the when we got to the three donkey or uh, three camels for the wise men, yeah, Oprah they Winfrey, were... Tyler Perry, and Tracy Morgan—they were just themselves. It was so, and I am not a Tracy Morgan fan. That man drives me crazy. Same, one hundred percent agree. I never finished Thirty Rock because of the Tracy Jordan character. I I do like Oprah though, and maybe that's why she was the only camel I liked, even though she was playing herself. Maybe because the other two were just so annoying and slapsticky, where she was a little voice of reason. But so I, I did love that, even in an animated movie, Oprah always knows everything, and she's always <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really also, one thing I really didn't like or understand was the entire Roman soldier chasing, trying to kill Mary thing. Unnecessary. I don't think it brought anything to the story. I don't think it helped anything. And I feel like they could could have done a lot more character development with the actual bow and everything. They just stuck him on the journey without getting chased. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, again, I think this is aimed for really small kids and so they needed a little more action in there, probably, to keep their attention spans. Yeah. But I agree. Like, that was all um, excess to me. Although I did like the dog's change of heart at the end. I thought that was like seeing the baby when they all of a sudden were like, are we good dogs now? Well, we have to try to be now. Like, I thought that was very sweet. Like, a very simplified, watered-down type message. The other message I liked in that was the, the bow leading the forgiveness and welcoming them, and then all of the animals just accepting them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that whole thing was really well done. I squealed a little at the beginning when you see Baby John the Baptist. <laughs> I was like, what's Baby John the Baptist? <laughs> He's so cute. I mean, they do put the message at the end of the film, right? I don't know if you guys watched through the mid-credits. I did just because I was in the middle of folding laundry at the time when I was doing this. But they do put the message after running through the cast with all the drawings. Um you know, we know we took liberties, blah, 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 but we tried to convey at least the, you know, the, I forget, I wish I had it down, but the message, you know, it, mm-hmm. but so, but they admitted, you know, we know we took liberties, but we tried to be as true to the message as possible, like of this. Yeah. So I appreciate I them putting the title card up at least. Yeah. I took some, I did take some frustration with, you know, you saw John the Baptist like, oh, he's cute. But when they showed Elizabeth and Zachariah, it was it didn't do it for me. Zachariah like hoarding food and trying to take everything he can for free. Mumbling idiot. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a priest, and I mean had a great had great honor in the uh, Israelite culture. And uh, according to the Bible, he was righteous before they were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. I don't think that sounds like somebody who'd be trying to jack some food on his way out the door. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just throwing it out there i don't know you like cartoon babies though julia a lot I've i really noticed. do i love cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like a rock star moment a little bit like i was watching this movie and then you hear refer to the you know jtb oh, john had so fun or whatever she said and i'm like oh my gosh i know which john that is <laughs> john the baptist <laughs> it's jtb i feel like you're <laughs> So, Anthony, you had mentioned 
the closing credits. Um, I thought the animation and the closing credits was a lot more beautiful than anything else in the movie. They were kind of those watercolor scenes yeah, and they were really pretty. I would have liked to have seen the whole movie done that way. I thought, I thought exactly. they were really nice. Yeah. Why do you guys think the, the good reviews it did get came from the actual religious publications? Because I, feel, I think, because I feel like a lot of our problems with the STEM, well, no, it is a bad movie. I'm not saying that, but I mean, we also have the religious bias, the three of us as well. Low bar? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's low bar. Yeah. Okay. I think that there's a great deal of that kind of Christian community that if anything comes on the market that has anything to do with any sort of their faith, that they grasp onto it and they see it as a win. <sighs> proselytizing. I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. And even if it's bad. So I think that's why. Yeah, I think you have to be of that mindset to really enjoy this movie. Yeah. But I am glad that you said that you feel like it was made for very younger audiences because I think that's spot on. I think it absolutely was. Right. And I'm not knocking on like any of our listeners who would show this as their introduction to their kids or whatever because I think there are a lot of people who probably would. Uh, it's just not personally for me. <laughs> but that makes me not hate it quite as much. I mean, I still don't like it, but that makes me understand it better where they were probably coming from, right? So I could see that. Um, oh, what other thing I did like? I really yeah. liked Happy the Mouse. Oh, I did too. I loved when she ran in at the end and uh, <laughs> to warn them. And by that point, everything was fine. <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth, right? Yeah. Who has a very memory. She's an Oklahoman. Anthony, do you know that? Have we talked about that before? I did because it came up on our podcast before. I forget which film. What was she in that that it came up on? Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Yeah. I feel like it came up like tangentially to a movie. Oh. Are we talking about Pushing Daisies? One of the best. So I love that show. Yeah. Never watched it. And it's beautiful too. It is. And it's Lee Pace. And I love Lee Pace, especially when he's riding a moose in his long blonde hair. <laughs> hashtag Lord of the Rings. Or hashtag the Hobbit. <laughs> even Lord of the Rings. Um, do y'all have any favorite quotes from this movie? Memorable quotes, favorite quotes, quotes you hate? I don't have any written down, but I do have like vague like scenes I liked. Well, I liked, I really did like most of the end and how it wrapped up. Like, I did find it, like, we talked about um, Bo forgiving the dogs and the dogs having their moment of redemption. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I liked all that, but I, uh, so the camels didn't work for me throughout, but I did like their last little beat where Oprah's camels talking about how this story is going to be told forever and people are going to be celebrating it for hundreds of years, thousands of years. And, blah, 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 blah. And the other two camels just look at her and burst out laughing, saying, yeah, okay. And then Holford just kind of rolls her eyes and says, you know, whatever, as they're calling her crazy. I thought that was cute. It's very Oprah, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Oprah was Oprah. <laughs> I loved that. That made me laugh every time she talked. I'm like, there's Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind the the part at the end, if we're talking about parts at the end, um, when the wise men are presenting their gifts to Christ and the last one goes, do you guys like frankincense? I never know what to get. <laughs> <laughs> he sets it down. <laughs> kind of funny. Um, 
more useless correction here for you guys. The wise men <laughs> were not at the cave slash manger. Just so everybody knows, they they were not there. They visited Joseph and Mary at their home. We know this because mm-hmm. of the timing of when they would have seen King Herod and when the census was. But one of my favorite lines from the movie, um, you know, when the uh, the when Bo and Dave fall into the chicken coop and then they run through the people's house. <laughs> and Dave is, is wait are they eating chicken ladies run <laughs> he was very much the comedic relief and I appreciated it a lot of it was kind of pedantic and stuff but still funny when he shook his tushy anytime that bird danced it made me laugh and I mean Keegan-Michael Key is just hilarious anyway so it was fun to hear his voice he was one of the voices that I was happy with. I did I like when Abby the mouse said, I am not ready to be a new mom. And then I realized the angel was talking to Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked it when, um, when Dave tells Ruth that they'll just have to get over their personal issues. And Ruth yeah. says, we have personal issues. Dave, I think you're a delight. <laughs> <laughs> A line that Joseph said. Mary said to Joseph, Joseph, God chose us. This must be part of God's plan. And Joseph said, just because God has a plan doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And that scares me. And then Mary replies, this is hard. Oh, the other line I had was when, <clears throat> when uh, Bo got caught by the miller again, when he was trying to escape. And uh, Dave is like, I'm going to be really honest. I'm really upset right now. I'm going to go find someone to poop on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always knew pigeons did it on purpose <laughs> he was a dove not a pigeon so I did like when Bo was knelt down to try praying when he was in a desperate situation toward the end mm-hmm. I, I liked that he said yeah. how did Mary do this yeah and then he assumed a pose cute. that was not a first century pose, position of prayer for Jews the folding <laughs> hand thing I'm telling you guys. Good Jewish donkey. <laughs> just, just study, study theology and study history, and everything gets ruined for you. <laughs> and of course, sorry for to- any believer, believers listening, who uh, Tom's kind of ruining their belief system. For- Another thing, he, I don't know who this kid was. I don't know who was born in a 14th century stable, trying to look like it was in <laughs> Palestine. <laughs> But guys, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a movie, that is the one easy that is like one of the easiest things you can do to get right. Yeah, but a lot of people do actually who don't know the history think it's a manger. I like the manger imagery, even though I know it's not right. It is a manger; it's not a stable. Right. And Jesus could not have been born in a manger; he was laid in the manger. So let's also get that out of our our vernacular. Mary would not give birth at <laughs> animal trough. He was just laid there on top of the hay because hay it's a soft place for the baby to lie. <laughs> They go for the most common things because that's what a lot of the people who don't know the history believe. I'm, I'm blaming Tom forever and ever for every Christmas I have now where I drive through the neighborhood and I see all these mangers and I pull a Tom and I'm like, I don't know who you put in there. Or I don't know what you say. I don't know who you're worshiping. That's not Jesus. <laughs> I don't know who you're worshiping. That's not my God. <laughs> I'm really glad I had that oh, effect on you, Julia. That makes my whole day. Yeah, you did. You really did. <laughs> 
Does Marty find it funny when you say that? At least I hope. He does actually. He appreciates it. <laughs> and I, think Chris, I think Christine did for about the first five years. And uh... so here's the big question. Does this movie pass the Linus test? Do we yes. call it the Jesus test? Yeah, yeah it passes. <laughs> totally. Yeah. With Bo, most first and foremost, but then the dogs and you can even Joseph to a certain extent. Yep. Yep. The only person who doesn't is probably Herod, which seems accurate. And his Roman soldier. And his Roman soldier <laughs> yeah. to his death. I thought that was a really oh, classy way to do a death scene, though. Like, alluding to it by the hat rolling, by his helmet rolling off, so kids didn't have to see the bloody mm. mangled mash of a human. Yeah, that was probably a wise choice for a what? PG movie? PG. <laughs> Parental <laughs> guidance suggested. Was this not G? I don't understand it. So, final thoughts, Anthony. What are your final thoughts on this movie? Uh, pretty much what I said going in, going at the beginning. Uh, coming out of it, I think I expected it to be a lot worse. But you know, this movie is not for me. So I was trying to look at it objectively like that. It's personally not for me, and for that reason, I probably won't go out of my way or anything to watch it again. But I totally get why some people would show this to their children. Tom, final thoughts. <laughs> to, quote, to quote the Cleveland show, wide miss, Kendra. Wide miss. <laughs> there is one thing I wanted to say in my final thoughts, too. I just wanted to read this one guy's bottom line for the film. It was a critic for the AV Club. And he said, you know, even the friendliest, Sunday schooliest kind of religious art can't spring from those ideas alone. It needs artistry, too. Otherwise, you end up with a generic product aimed at market segment who will buy anything as long as it seems sufficiently churchy, which is what we were saying, the, church, the good reviews. So I think that guy has a point with his um, little bottom line there. Mm-hmm. And why, commercially, it didn't do as well either, because it is very a generic looking cartoon. Agree. And I mean, that's, yeah, that works right into my final thoughts. I, I mean, I had zero hopes for this movie. I went into it intending to judge it extremely harshly. And I feel like I did just because I do on movies of this nature and it just didn't work out for me. I don't plan on seeing it again and I'm not going to show it to my kids because I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> And I feel like a big miss. They could have done a lot and they didn't, unfortunately. So let's rank it. Let's put some numbers on our distaste. Tom, what do you give of this movie? All right. I'm going to give this movie a three. I'm going to give it a four. Oh, wow. Really? I'm giving it a one. Wow. Anthony, these were our... Uh... You and I had the same scores for this as we did Arthur Christmas. I, interpret, I did scroll up to see why I gave Arthur Christmas. This comes in at two and two thirds, which puts it just above one magic Christmas, I think. Yep. Just above one magic Christmas. All right, then. At number 17. So it rounds out the bottom. Let's just go over <laughs> our, our bottom five our, <laughs> right now. The Grinch live action, Santa Claus 3, The Star, One Magic Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas, and Santa's Sleigh. 
All right. Sounds abysmal. So guys, we got a piece of feedback via Twitter about the star um, from a user, Anthony Markham. Um, he wanted, he said that we could share, I could share the story real quick. He said, my mom and I saw the star together. She chose this over Coco. Two weeks later, we saw Coco at my insistence. After the movie, she apologized for picking the star over Coco. <laughs> so <laughs> he, oh, he wanted to share that. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what, if my mom ever apologized to me, I'd probably share it too, regardless of what it was about. Did, did either of you see Coco? I haven't seen it, but I can so but I it's, seen it it's Pixar's and Disney, oh, so and I could have so told you. Beautiful. And I love that culture too. I was super excited about Coco, but we haven't made it to the movie. That was a great comment on the star. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. We also got two very similar comments about our Love Actually episode. Uh, Stacy had remarked on Facebook um, that she likes Christmas to smack her in the face a little bit more than <laughs> Love Actually did. And Disco54 had said on Reddit, he wrote a comment, take out the following stories and what does the film lose? Andrew Lincoln and Kira Knightley, Chris Marshall, Laura Linney, Martin Freeman and Joanna Page. And even with what's left, only Bill Nighy story is actually a christmas story and this entire film only billy mack has a line this moment nobody else does anything else about christmas and i have to disagree with that because there was a christmas pageant alan rickman and emma thompson's uh storyline was christmasy and i felt like yeah if they didn't have christmas she wouldn't have opened the present and been gravely disappointed plus i feel like the movie passed the Linus test on a million different levels besides Billy, Bill Nye's storyline. Mm. But I told, I agree with him. It could have felt a little more Christmassy. Mm. I they, just could have, to read they could have just as easily, have, we said this last week too, they could have just as easily have put it at a different, uh, at a different time of year and accomplished the same thing. It could have been a Valentine's movie. It could have been a New Year's movie. Mm-hmm. It could have been a Flag Day movie. It could have been an My Election Day problem. movie. <laughs> there'd be a lot more blood i feel like if it was an election day <laughs> well i'm excited because we have got some cool stuff coming up in patreon um movies i'm excited to watch and talk about as opposed to this week's um tom can you give us a little rundown on what we've got coming uh, yes on patreon we are working on our schedule to get the clue episode um we're going to do our venture off into our first non-any holiday-themed movie. If you visit our Patreon right now, you can catch our Hocus Pocus episode, which I think we'll probably revisit when they remake that movie. Yes. We'll or when the D- Disney officially releases a sequel in book form this summer. So We are also, if there's anything you want to hear us do on Patreon, let us know. We're, we're here for you. It's just a, a good excuse for us to get together and have our cathartic chat for the week. <laughs> so uh, we're always looking for new things. The other thing I know we're working on uh, later this year, we will have the gift of the Magi. We'll read that as our gift to you. And we will also be doing Batman Noel. And Christmas commercials. <gasps> oh, which Christmas I'm very excited for. Guys, I want to get that scheduled soon. I think we need to do that boost. I think we should drop that during the during the summer in June or July and really give people that that glimmer of hope. Christmas in July. Yes. That's a good idea. 
Let's do that. All right. Well, plus, plus there are so many commercials. We could even do a part two to that near December too, if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. We could. We could. But we will figure that out off uh, mic, guys. As always, thank you guys for your our, your support. If you want to support us um, in another way besides Patreon, you can do so just by liking all of our pages and sharing all of our pages on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and uh, Facebook, www.facebook.com slash tisthepodcast. Our Twitter, at tisthepod. Our Instagram page, at tisthepod. And our subreddit, r slash tisthepodcast. And we also have a very cool website. You can visit www.tisthepodcast.com where you can view our entire movie list, which is growing longer and longer and see where everything we've done ranks so far, because we only, we don't go through that every week. We only give you the one that fell below it and above it usually. So that's worth checking out if you haven't yet. And please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you find our podcast, because each rating and review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. And I know that we're going to be working on another giveaway within the next few weeks soon. So we'll keep you updated about that. Next week, I don't know if it's something to be excited about or not, but I'm hopefully optimistic. We're going to watch an All-American Christmas Carol, which was recommended to us on our subreddit. So you see, we do take your suggestions to heart. I'm not sure we're going to, I'm not sure if that's going to continue after next week or not. We'll see. I guess the better news is. (laughs) We only have 309 days until Christmas. How many weeks is that, Tom? That is only 44 weeks away. It's getting close. It's getting close. Mm. And now I'm all excited for July. Oh, I know. Now we have something really fun to look forward to in July. Yeah. Yay! As if we needed anything else, because that's also our Hallmark movie month and our Harry Potter episode. So that's going to be a fun month, guys. That's true. That's true. Well, guys, I'm looking forward to next week. Me too. In a better movie. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Not fun <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. One dark night, something said follow the so you look up and see the word that's written upon the sky strong and wise keeping the lord as your guide and through the doubt you weep